Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Welcome to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as The Combat Coach. Guys, this is going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking all things business, photography, military. Um, But first of all, I want to thank our sponsors. As you know, my sponsors are 100% veteran 100% 100% of the time, and our today's sponsor is Addie's Magazine, so if you guys love somebody in the military, you need to get them hooked up with this magazine, it's called Addie's Magazine, definitely check it out. Guys, you know I love my veterans, um, and I think that female veterans don't get the respect that they deserve, but on this show, they do, and I love highlighting my female veterans, and this young lady that we're having on did some great things in uniform, and I think even better things out of uniform. Miss Erica Hatfield, what's going on in Charleston, South Carolina today? Well, we are going to go to the beach after this, so thanks for having me, but looking forward to getting outside in the sun today. Nice. Yeah, my mom lives in Merle's Inlet. We're actually going to we'll be down here in August because my son actually goes to coastal Carolina. Can you hear me? If your phone locks, uh, you get muted. Sorry. There you go. No, My it's bad. okay. <laughs> it, it's weird. So uh, how was your uh, 4th of July weekend? Uh, good. I spent a lot of actually working on some of those boring business things that you've got to get done every once in a while. So now I'm excited for a new week with some of those things out of the way. It's going to be, It's gonna. you're going to crush it this week, by the way, just so you know that. Definitely. So, Thanks. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us, you know, where you're, where you came from, and what kind of child were you growing up? Well, I started out in Washington, Pennsylvania, which is a little town about a half hour south of Pittsburgh, or two hours in traffic, depending. Um, but I, um, I was probably one of those uh, kids that uh, I was always busy doing something, running around outside, driving all the adults crazy. One of one of those types, a uh, very busy kid, um, always into art and things like that. Um, but definitely not, uh, never would have guessed I'd end up here. Um, I don't think, you know. How was the family dynamic growing up? So um, I grew up, I had a, you know, parents and I had a younger sister. She actually had uh, an intellectual disability. So uh, I learned uh, about kids from with special needs from a really young age. I was always around a lot of people with special needs and going to different things with uh, my sister Lauren and her therapies. So I think um, as hard as that that might have been on my family, it actually taught me a lot growing up about how to to you know work with people with different abilities and and to be back towards people. You know, and I think that's one of the skills that people really should try to learn a little bit more is empathy. You know, somebody asked me one time if I could have be a superhero, what would I be? And I told him I'd be empathy, man, because <laughs> I empathy for so many people. And it's a lot better than having sympathy for people, you know? Absolutely. So were you a good student? Were you an athlete? I was a good student. I um, I played some sports, but I was more of the comedian on the team, not necessarily the best athlete. Um, 
but I, I was um, a pretty good student. I was really into school, uh, did not like history. I failed history in 10th grade, retook it senior year, and then spent this past year learning uh, what I missed out back then. But um, other than that, I was I was kind of more of a nerd. I was on the math team, you know, I went to competitions on the weekend in middle school, and I still brag about it to my kids now. Now, did you have uh, a lot of uh, college scholarships? Uh, no, I did. Well, I did get a scholarship. I actually forgot because you think of GI Bill being the, the primary college um, funds, but I actually did get a, a scholarship to, to one of my first colleges. But that's college is a long story, Richard. <laughs> well, good. Well, we got a lot of time. So uh, did you go to college and then join the, then join the military? No, I actually enlisted uh, senior year and started going to uh, reserve weekends. I started going to drill uh, my senior year of high school. And then I didn't go to basic until August after I graduated. So I spent from November to August going to drill weekend, just getting ready to ship out and, and finishing up high school. So I went right out, right out of now, high school. I love everybody's recruiting story. Tell us your <laughs> story walking into the recruiting station. <laughs> Well, I started talking to the recruiters at one high school, uh, just like at a college fair and stuff like that. I, I had no idea how I was going to pay for college. And so it, they immediately caught my eye. I was like, okay, well, I can leave Washington, Pennsylvania and pay for college and do cool stuff. So I was intrigued. Um, but I ended up switching schools my senior year. I went to a uh, Catholic school in Wheeling, uh, which was not very far from Pittsburgh. Um, so I, I was at this new school. And I honestly don't even know how I met my recruiter. So this guy, Sergeant G, was my recruiter, and he was down the road from my school. And um, this guy worked so hard <laughs> for me uh, to get me to my ship date. Uh, senior year, I was getting into some trouble. Uh, I, you know, I had missed some school. And so, you know, he kept me on track. He came up to the school to make sure I was there. He'd buy me lunch. Uh, so, you know, he was really a great mentor my senior year. And, and we had some fun together, had some had some fun lunches. And and I got to talk to some of the other people that had shipped out previously and that were, were that were uh, enlisting after me. So, you know, he really did a great job of connecting me with the right people and keeping me on the right track when I wanted to just go and so now you obviously you said you did good in school. So did you crush it on the ASVAB? Your phone probably locked again. So it's okay. Uh, I uh, I I don't know if I crushed it, but I did pretty well. I don't even remember what I got, honestly. So why did you choose your MOS that you did choose? Uh, I wanted to be a medic, and that's. Luckily, what I got, I think Sergeant G was a little bit skeptical. He's like, you have to get a certain score in the ASVAB if you want to be a medic. And I don't know what that score was, but I, I managed to get it and, and was uh, able to get the MOS that I wanted. Now, how was basic training? Because I know like me, I, I came from Jersey. I was a street kid from Jersey. And being around all these people from around the world was a culture shock. How was your experience? I mean, it was definitely a culture shock, but I mean, in definitely a really good way. I, I absolutely loved basic training. I, I got out of that small town in Washington, Pennsylvania and met a bunch of people that I never would have met uh, and 
my best friend at basic training was actually from Pittsburgh. She was there when I was panicking for my very first flight. I'd never been on an airplane, so I was terrified to fly. Um, found out by the end of the day that I loved flying and there was no big deal, but um, I, I really had a great time and I'm still in contact with so many of the people that I went to basic training with in Fort Jackson. Oh, you were relaxed in Jackson? Yep. <laughs> That's where I retired out of. So now, um, how many years did you do in the military? I was only in three years. Now, can I ask why you were only in for three years? Well, uh, a little while later, so I, d I did basic in AIT and went back home and started doing my reserve weekends. Uh, and I wasn't happy with reserves anymore. So I, I went on active duty. And I wasn't there long. I'd just gotten married. And, you know, as soon as we get to post, the question everybody's asking, because we just got married, are you going to have kids? You're going to have kids. Are you going to have kids? And we're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to have kids. We're going to, we're planning to have kids in like four years. I got pregnant immediately. And, you know, it was this big decision of, you know, do I want to stay in or, or, or do I want to take the chapter? And I decided at the time that I would take the chapter because I wanted to be home while my kids were younger and that I would re-enlist um, when they got to be a little bit older. I would I would uh, re-enlist. And long story, <laughs> we'll probably get to later. Uh, that didn't happen. It didn't so, happen that way. So, so of course, you know, uh, and my my wife is my rock. She's my best friend, and uh, you know, she's the best mother in the world. And a, a mother's work is never done. So I give you total, I give you total props for that. So what was it like, you know, cause a lot of people might've gotten all uh, in a negative mindset when they got out um, after having the child maybe deal with some postpartum depression or anything like that. Did you struggle with anything like that, you know, about getting out and then regretting it later? I've definitely had moments. I think it's more the disappointment of my my plan was I was going to go back in and finish what I started. So to me, it feels like something that, that I didn't get to finish at some, some points. But at the time, I was so excited um, to have the baby. And uh, we actually moved to Texas after I got out. So I think some of my friends on posts were a little more worried than me. Like, what are you going to do when you get out? What are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I'll find a job. We'll, we'll do something. We'll figure it out. And I actually stayed in until the last possible second. So I was uh, nine months pregnant when I got out and we moved and, and we're getting resituated. So everything happened really, really fast. That's the <laughs> moral of the whole story. You know, because like I, I've talked to hundreds of veterans on the show now. And, you know, even though we're all, you know, we're in the military, we're all hula hula and hardcore and all that crap. Um, we get so used to getting paid on the 1st and the 15th getting TRICARE, getting 30 days paid vacation. And then, you know, like our friend Nick says, uh, once you step off post, the military does not give a shit about you. And the phone stops ringing. And a lot of people have problems with their transitioning. What was your transitioning like? Um, transitioning was, it was actually not that bad, really. <clears throat> Excuse me. It took a little longer, I think, than than we expected. We, it was just that whole logistical thing of like, is our is our stuff going to make it to Texas? Is our stuff going to make it there? And and can we get moved in and find a place before I have the baby? And we ended up in Dallas. 
and one way the the military actually did take care of me a little bit is that when you're when you're pregnant and you get out i was still able to deliver the baby um on a military post so um that kind of saved us with with the uh losing our health insurance there that would have been a big bill we'd still be paying off probably uh however my daughter was born on fort hood which was the closest to where we were living in dallas which is a three-hour drive so when i went into labor my husband drove so fast you wouldn't even believe i don't know how we made it there in one piece he flew it was way less than three hours and then uh, we had to hang out and walk around Fort Hood because everyone we knew that was uh, stationed there was deployed at the time. And I wasn't uh, far enough along to be admitted to the hospital yet. So he flew to the hospital at Fort Hood for absolutely no reason. <laughs> and then we walked around for hours before our daughter was actually born. Um, so they did take care of us there, but there have definitely been times later on when I, I wish we would have had the simplicity of you know, try care in the way the military takes care of you because we've had more struggles dealing with getting health insurance and keeping health insurance uh, outside the military. So, you know, after having a child, you know, of course, it's like I said, it's the ultimate job. Um, it never ends. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. uh, so now did you go back to school? What did you, what were you doing besides, you know, I, I hate saying besides being a parent, it's the <laughs> most important thing, but you know, did you go back to college or anything? Uh, not right away. Um, but I'm always doing something else. So I actually, um, I needed to work at the time. I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I knew I wanted to go back to school. Um, and I had several college credits at this point. So I took some, some classes while I was on Fort Irwin. Um, and some in high school. So I, I had a few and I wasn't 100% sure where I wanted to go and how we were going to make it work with a baby in a new town and, and no family around. So um, I actually took a job as a nanny and it was the perfect job at the time because I could take my daughter with me and I babysat a couple kids. I worked for two pediatricians so I could ask them anything that a new mom would want to ask and sometimes they'd even fight about it. It was kind of funny when they disagreed. But we had a great time. It was one of those really, really fun jobs. Uh, and after a while, we decided it was time for me to go back to college. And uh, we couldn't quite find a logistical way to make it work in Texas uh, with the baby. So we decided to go back to our hometown. Uh, so I, that's where I actually went to college. Uh, for, I first, like, full-time being in college. And I went to Washington Jefferson. I did get a scholarship. That's why I said I did get one. But... Um, uh, it covered some of some of the tuition. So uh, and then I also started to use my GI Bill, but I didn't stay at that college for very long. <laughs> what did you major in? I was in the pre-med program and I was bio a bio psych major then. So did you become a psychologist or a biologist? No, no, not at all. Mm -mm. What I actually did was um, I did that program at that college for about a year and a half and in that time uh, I managed to have two more kids rapid fire and uh, after the third was born uh, I decided okay I still have a couple years of college medical school residency and I have three kids under three how am I going to do this I think your phone locked again Happened. Sorry. No, it's it keeps all right. Three kids under three. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. That, all I'm going to say is wow. God <laughs> my, bless you, Marge. My two youngest, actually, I had the same due date two years in a row, and they ended up being 363 days apart. <laughs> wow. So did you go back to school again? Not right away. I actually, uh, when I left, I had just gotten a part-time job. Uh, I wasn't working at the time, so I, I got a part-time job to get some extra Christmas money. So I, I saw Penny's was hiring their, their portrait studio for a Christmas position. So I thought, well, that's perfect. I need to help out with Christmas gifts. I love photos. Maybe I'll get a discount on our Christmas pictures. That was my angle. And I really didn't think that I'd be taking any pictures because I didn't know anything about it. So I thought I'd be the person out front, like making appointments and giving people their pictures. And I found out quickly that that's not how it worked. You learn every part of the job from scheduling to photographing and, and getting the pictures and ordering the pictures and everything. Everybody does everything, which was not what I expected. Um, so, you know, everything kind of happened at the same time. I ended up leaving W&J and I got offered a manager position at a Target portrait studio because Target and Penny's are the same life touch company. Uh, so I took that position and um, spent a lot of time photographing 10-minute photo shoots for a few years. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I got a lot of photography experience with a lot of different people really fast. So I learned quick. So at what time did you decide to say, all right, it's time for go for me to go into business for myself? It took me a little while, you know, I think it was, it was getting closer to my kids starting school and working 10 to seven. And as the company was making these changes that were impacting the way you do a photo shoot, you know, I'd have a mom with two small children come in and I'm like, okay, I have 10 minutes. Cause that's, that's what we had at the time that there was a schedule that we needed to stick with. So, you know, it's not always enough time to photograph a kid. You know, some kids take 10 minutes just to warm up to you and feel comfortable around you. So it was when the policies got to where I'm like, okay, I cannot do this. I'm not serving my clients well. They deserve more time with me. And that's really what inspired me to even get out and start my own business is that I wanted to go and do it my way <laughs> and give the people what they were asking me for that I had no control over the policy. Now, you know, we've been in the tribe together for years now, and um, I, no I noticed a trend in the, in the tribe, or as, you know, when a person gets out of the military, they either want to start a t-shirt company, a hat company, liquor, or coffee, and then six months later, they're $10,000 in debt and don't know what the hell just happened. So talk to us about starting initially starting your business. Did you have an SOP and a business plan? I definitely had a business plan and I, I actually didn't have to take out any, any kind of loans or anything like that. I've, I've um, just purchased everything that I've needed uh, over the years. So um, it's actually been, it was really easy to sustain and to, um, you know, increase or decrease as my life required, because I think, you know, we, we always look for work-life balance, but, you know, for parents, there's really no such thing as work-life balance entirely. Sometimes the kids need to come first and sometimes work needs to come first. And so uh, it was been, it's been great for balancing that. My husband was working in the coal mine um, most of the time that I own my photography business. So I didn't really have to worry about, you know, paying the family's bills and, and I could just, you know, make money that was extra for the kids, extra things that we wanted to do and needed. So he had a rough, a rough job then. Uh, he, 
he probably wouldn't say that. He actually really loved that job. He, he has a lot of scary stories that I'm like, don't tell me that. Please don't ever tell me anymore. Um, but he actually really loved the job itself and, and had a great time. So now talk to us about, because we're going to talk about business, because, you know, this is going to go out and a lot of people that listening to this are uh, veterans or entrepreneurs or as Stephen and Lane called them, vetrepreneurs. Uh, I'm going to ask you some, some, some basic business questions and I want to get into questions, especially about photography. Because okay. um, I'm learning a lot about, you know, different colors and all that good stuff. Uh, if you had to start all over again with little to no money, how would you do it in this day and age, especially with social media? Hmm. For one, I would have spent a little more time figuring out exactly what I wanted to do uh, before I started instead of marketing to everybody and photographing everybody and trying out everything. I think I, I never would have thought of this at the time, but I really wish I would have tried out a bunch of free photo shoots with a bunch of different types of sessions that I was interested in and, and kind of picked one because I went way too wide and then I'm marketing online to everybody and and trying to learn how to do all these different types of photography when it would have been so much easier and this is what I teach photographers that I mentor now that it's so much easier if you you know if you start with one specialization and you have one client that you're marketing to you have one type of client that you need to understand what they need and what they want and then you can always expand and add on on, on others later but I did it backwards you know, and I and I, I was in the same way. And me and Lane, actually, I mean, me and Stephen actually had a conversation about that at Mick at DC. When we we met up, and we're talking about you know how if you're marketing to everybody, you're marketing to no one. <laughs> you know, you have to kind of niche down. So, mm -hmm. what is your niche right now? Uh, right now, my photography business is closed, and uh, because we've recently moved and pa the pandemic and things like that. But uh, I'm going to be relaunching my actual photography business as a fine art, um, a fine art business here. So I won't do very many photo shoots anymore because I'm teaching so much. But I am going to start selling some fine art prints of my landscape work, which is something I never did till this year. Okay. It's a whole new thing. Well, sometimes, you know, it's and especially I think we found out during COVID, you have to be able to pivot. And I think that's one thing that the military teaches us that. All right, you know, when shit goes sideways, we have to be able to think out of the box to to survive. So I think that's one thing that really services us as military members and entrepreneurs at the same time. So second, what is the most important lesson you've learned while in business? Most important lesson. What would the most important one be? There's been so many. And I, I would have said what you just said, honestly, that that sometimes you have to know when to when to pivot and change gears. But I, I think, you know what, I think the most important thing I've learned is, you know, you have a few people over the years, there's there's those few clients, or, you know, the ones that don't like what you do, or the, the one where you get a complainer, you have that tough client. And I feel like when, when those things have happened, I've gotten so fixated and worked up on what I did wrong in that situation. Why is this person unhappy? And and some of them, it was just people being nasty. You know, I had one one client that came in and just went off about my studio being small. And I had a home studio. And I'm like, well, it is small, but, you know, it's 
working well enough for me. And, you know, I just think, you know, I I spent a little bit too much much time worrying about those few people that were upset with me or maybe didn't like what I do when I should have put that much effort and and thinking into the people that loved what I do. So I I think we need to be careful, you know, to expect to make everybody happy is is just impossible in business. Uh, So I think maybe if we we focused on those people that loved what we do as much as we focus on those few that complain or, or, you know, kind of cut down what we do instead of uh, focusing on them, focus on the ones that absolutely love us. I, I love that. So what top three pieces of advice would you give to someone starting out in business today? If they were going to start out in business, even, even if it's photography, that's what we're going to, you know, is going to put mostly out to photographers. What was three things that you would teach those, your students today about business in 2021? Know the process detailed step-by-step and do anything you can to make it easier for yourself so you're not doing repetitive stuff so that you can uh to spend spend your time doing the most important work in your business that's something i've had a hard time doing is letting go of some of the control and i found out recently that other people can help and do things just as well as i can and now i can get more done by accepting um, accepting help and, and actually delegating some things. And three, uh, I would say uh, try to find what you could do differently next time. I mean, I, I, I think it's kind of on that same point, you know, instead of ruminating, you know, take that situation or that session that didn't go well or that that interaction with a client that didn't go well and say, is there something I could have done differently? If yes, then the process changes. If no, then we move on. You know, I, I was in the health and fitness industry for over 30 years and I was in retail. And a lot of times a customer would come in pissed off because of something that another store did. And I would be able to turn it around to build a lifelong client. So did you ever have something, you know, that might have a customer that might have not have been happy, but then because you sat down and talked to them, you turned things around and created a lifelong contact? Hmm. I can't really think of anything like that. Okay. Mm-mm. So now, since, like I said, since we've been in, in the tribe together, you know, um, how I'm sure now with all these new thousand dollar cell phones and all this stuff, how has it affected the photography business? Cause I know like my wife, we take pictures on our phone and we have something, I guess it's called groove book or whatever. And we get our pictures delivered every month. So has you, has the photography business really changed over the last couple of years because of, the high quality cell phones and stuff like that? Oh, it has definitely changed. But I am glad that you get pictures printed. That Groove book is you're actually getting printed photos in the mail every month, right? Yeah, we got it. We I seen it we seen it on Shark Tank one night and we've been doing it for like for five years now. So we got like a thousand books. So if we ever whenever we pass away, all of our kids are gonna have pictures from <laughs> every aspect of their life. Well, you're a unicorn because that's one big thing that's changed is most people don't have anything printed from their photos. Everything's on a 
on a hard drive where it can fail or, or get lost. So it's really cool that you're actually still printing because a lot of people, uh, now that everything is digital, they, they just want the digital files, which, you know, don't last forever. Um, so I think a lot of things have changed in the industry too, because it used to be that you had to buy film and it was a big expense to, to photograph someone and fo to take photos and you were limited to how many exposures you had on that roll of film. So it's now I can take as many as I like uh, and just get another memory card. The, the cost has gone down and, and it's so much more accessible to people. But then I also think that means that people, everybody can just become a photographer. I even did it. I became a photographer really before I fully understood everything about my camera. I knew a lot about posing and working with people from Life Touch, but our cameras were on automatic. So I, I didn't understand how to use my camera settings and work with outdoor lighting. I knew studio lighting, but every lighting situation is so different. So I think uh, we a lot of people seem to think that because we have digital and we have editing that we can just take a picture and, you know, we can edit it later. Um, but it's still really important to just get it right out of camera. You're going to have a much higher quality picture. So I think that's where the difference lies is, you know, it, you can still get, a, I can still get a beautiful cell phone picture um, or camera picture. And it's more from knowing about lighting and posing and photography than the equipment. So that's what I teach a lot of my students, that it's, it's about knowing how to position things. That's more important than the equipment that you're using and that um, the, the quality is going to be the biggest difference. The print quality on my phone, if I'm posting it online, it doesn't really matter that much uh, that I took the picture on my phone. But if I want to print it and blow it up and hang it on the wall or my family wants to have it printed years down the road, uh, camera is going to give me a much better image. So now you said you're a teacher, you know, you, you teach students. So you see a lot of more people getting into photography and why would that be? I do, but I think at this point when digital came out, I think there was a lot more people trying to be a photographer, start a photography business. Now I just see it as more of a hobby for most people. I, I almost don't know anybody who doesn't at least take some pictures of their family or their dog or their food or whatever it is that they love. So I, the way I look at it with, with teaching is that kind of everybody, <laughs> excuse me, uh, everybody needs to learn photography. So um, that's why I actually do, we do classes for ages three and up. I mean, I teach three-year-olds with giant iPads that can barely hold them up without a grown-up uh, how to take pictures. So it's everybody. So now, you know, I'm, I'm just learning about photography uh, and because, you know, like you said earlier, you know, sometimes you have to delegate and, you know, I'm a I'm a great interviewer. I'm a great relationship builder, but I suck at anything graphic, you know, putting graphics together, photography. So I have my friend William, we pour partnering up. So tell us, you know, why business owners should have a professional headshot done and not just. A, a cell phone picture oh my gosh that's such great advice yes please go see a professional and get a headshot uh you know you could see right out of the bat when you look at someone's profile that's the first thing that you see is is their their photo and i can absolutely tell if it's if it's a cell phone picture um even if absolutely tell even it is a nice picture with nice lighting and a nice expression. 
that it's not a professional headshot. And so I think it's really important. And I actually even took a class a while back on brand photography, and I'd highly recommend for everybody, if, you're, if your budget allows, even go beyond that headshot and do a brand photo shoot. Because what that does is it shows you in your business in a bunch of different aspects. So with a brand shoot, your photographer would do your headshot, of course, but then they'd also do some pictures of you working, candidly working, like they're like you're not looking at them, those kind of things, behind those scenes pictures. They can photograph some brand images if you have a product or you know whatever aspects of your business you wanna show to your, your client, they can give you this whole big bank of images that you then have to use for your marketing or anywhere you need it on your website. Because we have those profile pictures that are usually a circle or a square and you need a nice headshot. But then we also have these covers and all these extra things that, that you might need more of a horizontal picture with some, some space for some text and, and marketing, things like that. And a brand photographer is gonna know and get that variety so that you have a bunch of different images that you can use in different crops for different social media platforms and also add uh, overlays and text and whatever you need onto them. Okay, so now last two questions that I have. Um, now, how do we find you? How do we get in touch with you? How do if somebody out there that, that is interested in photography, how do they get in touch with you? Well, our uh, website is nextlevelphotoedu.com. That's what I was doing all weekend. I was updating that website. <laughs> now, you're, I know you're on Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn. I am. Yep. Okay. So now my final question, um, we should still live in a crazy world. You know, we still live in COVID. I'm in New Jersey. So a lot of businesses got shut down. So we got a lot of parents that are driving DoorDash, uh, had grandparents, homeschooling kids. So if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step, in the next 24 hours, they're more likely. So if somebody is struggling with their business, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to get some help? I'd say look back through everything they've ever done, every work, you know, every, I'm trying to think different businesses. So whether you have a product or service, you know, a really good interaction with a client or a time when you had really good sales, go back to that time when things were going well and see what was different then. What was I doing then that I'm not doing now? I love it. Uh, I'm so grateful that we finally got a chance to talk and actually appreciate all your support all, over all the years. <laughs> I want to thank our sponsors, At Ease Magazine. If you love veterans, if, if you love love a veteran, make sure you get them a subscription to At Ease Magazine. Uh, Eric, and it's going to go out probably at the end of next season, so it's, it's going to go out everywhere. And if there's any way that we can support you in whatever you're doing, especially when you start opening up your photography business, just let me know and I'll, we'll push it out for you. Hey, thank you so much teaching has kept me so busy i haven't even gotten started on on relaunching so i'm looking forward to it and anything you 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 want to get pushed out even from now on just tag me in it and i'll push it out for you all right thank you well have an amazing week and crush it this week you too all I'm right sure guys you thank you and make <laughs> sure you guys hit the like and the subscribe button all right guys all right. have an amazing week
You too. Thank you. All right. Bye. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee. And, and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.